Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the Cricket Collective. I'm John Norman. Alongside me today, Steve Harmison, as we bring you a preview to England's T20 series with South Africa. On the show today, you'll hear from TalkSport 2's league commentator, Mark Butcher, who says that the England squad has one glaring omission. I still think that Joe Root gets in our best 15. Me, I think it's completely mad that England is kind of riding off a player of his quality. And former South African T20 all-rounder Alfonso Thomas says England's batsmen need to beware. You're obviously mental Rabada, you've got Lujan Giri, you've got Norkia who's had a fantastic RPL. You'll also hear on the show today from Kagiso Rabada and national selector Ed Smith. So many talking points to discuss ahead of TalkSport 2's live and exclusive coverage, so we better get started. You're listening to The Cricket Collective. Well, alongside me as ever, Steve Harmison. Harmy, um, look, we've only got 60 minutes, really, to preview what should be a ridiculously action-packed T20 series. It's not been that long since these two sides came up against each other, England winning that series 2-1. But, uh, you know, as is the way with T20 cricket, they could have actually won the first one, then lost the second one. It could have been 2-1 South Africa. Uh, Rusi van der Dussen, I'm going to hear from him a bit later on. Uh, he's certainly got a few regrets from the way it panned out at the start of the year. But let's have a look, shall we? Because... Um, Moeen Ali spoke last week. He said this is probably the first time the full-strength England T20 team has been back together since 2016 T20 World Cup. You know, such is the, uh, the manner of cricket these days. But shall we try and work out what our starting eleven is going to be? Oh, good luck on that one. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great series. Um, and like you said, the, the, there's history there because of the last 2020, each of these two sides you know, played... And, you know, in a meaningful game, well, South Africa's last games was against were against England. So, and and there was a, it was a fantastic series. So, trying to get this 15-man squad down to 11 is is going to be very very difficult. There's probably if you if you go sort of process of elimination, you're probably down to 13 because I'd take Reese Topley and Sam Billens out of the 15 for the first game. Yeah, they're out. They're they are out. I've got a list here. Yeah, and so, those are the only two. Yeah, I'm confident. Won't play. Well, you've got you've got Roy and it looks like it's going to be Roy and Butler uh, going in it going in first. So we go through the batting lineup. You've got Roy Butler going to go in first. Yeah, I've got that. Johnny Bairstow batted three during the 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 T Twenty series against against South Africa, I think. But then you've got David Milan, who is the number one ranked batsman in World T Twenty. He actually said yesterday or the day before that that doesn't guarantee him a player. So he might be getting vibes from over in Cape Town that, you know, England might be looking to, to leave him out. The captain has to play at number four. Mm-hmm. Ben Stokes probably bats at number five. So if Milan's going to play, then Johnny Bairstow, for me, doesn't. Hang on. I've got Roy and Butler. Yeah. Bairstow at three. Morgan at four. 
Milan at five and Stokes at six. Well, I've got Moen at six. I've got Moen Ali at six. I'm mm. going with one less batsman because I think I want options. If I was, um, I want Morgan. The way T20s going in the world, I think five frontline batsmen, Moen Ali at six with the two current seven, eight Jordan at nine, Oof. potentially is enough batting in a in a, in a eleven in, in, a, in a unit for twenty overs to see a right. The onus is on the batsman to score runs, and I've got six bowling options. Okay, uh, here's a question for you. Yeah. In international cricket, which batsman has got the highest strike rate? Who is the fastest scoring T20 batsman since the start of 2018? Minimum 10 matches played. He's in the England side and he's, uh, he's one of our batsmen. Owen Morgan's one. Jason Roy is uh, second. Moeen Ali. Moeen Ali, yeah. And well, that's one why I want to him at one, six. One of the re- but one of the reasons... See, there is a lot of... There's a lot said about Moeen Ali. And, you know, we spoke to him last week on Talk Sport. Certainly, from the outside, it looks like he doesn't have the confidence of the Moen Ali yeah. from two years ago. But because coming in at number seven means you bat so rarely, essentially, in terms of the ball's faced, his his style of batting is absolutely perfect. Yeah. The problem with Moen Ali is whilst the stats back up his inclusion in terms of batting, it doesn't in terms of bowling. Because in the last couple of years, his economy is at around 8.5. And he's only taken, I think, two wickets in eight games. Are we picking Moeen Ali thinking his bowling is going to come back to the four? Or are we picking Moeen Ali for his, uh, you know, average of uh, his strike rate facing five deliveries a game? But with a T20 coming up in, T20 World Cup coming up in India, what do we do? Because you can, you, you can... Move him up to six. You can play Sam Curran ahead of him. You can do a lot of things. But essentially, at some point, we're going to need that second spinner. And based on the stats, the last couple of years, Ali can't be trusted to be that second spinner. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, but I think listening to him speak the other day um, seems as though he's, he's got a little bit of his mojo back. It's going to be interesting to see how he, he goes on this trip, whether it is a make or bit break trip for Mo and Ali as in the whole package Mo and Ali as in white ball and red ball because bear in mind January January, February and March we've got to go to Sri Lanka and to India and where we're going to need two possibly three spinners and if that's the case he's, he's more or less said he's ready to play test cricket again he's going to throw his hat in the ring so it'll be interesting to see how he goes I'm going to trust and back Mo and Ali the cricketer I think he is a, a, a you know, special talent um, because the other option would be because of the last time the World T20 was in the subcontinent, England got to the final, and arguably England's best spinner during that time is Joe Root. And looking at the way he's performing at this minute in time, how we how we have England cast him aside so quickly? Um, in and but I can understand the manage the workload and everything that goes with it, because you you could argue that Joe Root would be England's probably second best second best spinner at this moment in time so I'm going to back Mo I think the reason why I'm playing Sam Curran Tom Curran and Jordan in that little middle block is they can get me quick runs but also if I've got Rashid Archer Jordan Curran Curran there's five bowlers there Moen doesn't have to bowl he's a lot at four there's not as much pressure on him you've potentially got a little bit of Ben Stokes so you've you've actually got seven options of frontline bowlers so you know for me Morgan's got a, a well balanced um, and a side which he can he can throw the ball to at any point and not have to worry that he's got a ball. He's a lot of four overs. Mm, I still think that uh, that problem is uh, is is going to be around for a while. Yeah, Bearstow. Look, go back two years, right? Johnny Bearstow was batting pretty well at six and seven. Uh, he had more Test centuries then at six or seven than Butler's got now. Butler was then brought in. Bearstow was pushed up the order, messed around. Now he's out so out the Test team. Uh, despite having a, a on, on paper, I would say a record that more than stands up to uh, the bloke that came in to replace him. Now, go back a couple of years again. It wasn't Johnny Bairstow at the top of the order, was it? It was Alex Hales of Jason Roy. Yeah. No way was anybody going to get in and, and uh, disrupt that. But it was disrupted even before 
uh, Alex Hale's off-field in, um, well, we all know what he got up to. But yeah. uh, but now we're in a position where, for me, the Roy Bairstow partnership does not need tinkering with, but we're going to do it all over again, aren't we? And now we're saying, hang on, Bairstow might not even get in the side. Yeah, he's he's easy man out for me, Johnny. It's this it, for some reason I think Johnny's face doesn't fit, and I don't know why because I think Johnny Bestow's a good, he's a he's a lovely lad. Um, he's a he's got you know, a decent character, decent heart, and when it comes to actually hitting the ball, I don't think there's there's many better. I think he gets himself you know that leg side position, hits the ball very very well through sort of hits it straight very well. He hits it through extra cover over the top. Um, and he, he, he cuts and pulls nicely. So I think he's got the all-round game for, to go in in the power play overs, as shown in the IPL. But David Milan is, when he has come in, and this is the this is the conundrum which you get to when you have players who play IPL cricket, red ball, white ball, all formats, because you have to rest them. You have to le- give them some time to you know, recharge their batteries. But unfortunately, some people come in and do very, very well when they're only you know, one format player, i.e. David Milan. Tom Curran plays ODIs as well, but you've got Joffre, I mean, uh, Chris Jordan. We'll put Tom Curran in that bowl and you've got David Milan. They muddy the waters a little bit because in an ideal world, Mark Wood plays all formats, but you have to rest him for, a, uh, for games. He he would be in my best eleven. You've got Johnny Besto, who plays who played all formats, got left out for David Milan to come in and be the best player, or the number one ranked bowl uh, batsman in the world in 10, 2020 cricket. So then he has to play, and all of a sudden I'm standing here thinking, well, two of my best players that I want to pick, I'm not picking because of well, we give them a rest to protect them because they play all format games. So that does sometimes come back to bite you on the backside. But I think the way Milan has performed in England shirt, I think he needs, I think he deserves to keep his, he deserves to keep his place. I think, um, I think you're right. I think, you know what I mean? I, I think, think if you turn around to, to keep a, his place. I think if you turn around to a guy that has boasted the figures that he has, the consistency that he has, that he has won games that he has, that has risen to number one in the world like he has. If you turn around to that guy and say, no, you're not in the team, then suddenly you're going to be accused of favouritism. Uh, the old adage, easier uh, to get in the team than out it. It's that kind of uh, yeah. situation. So I get that, but I'm also, if I'm Mark Wood or Johnny Besto, I'm going to go, hold on, I'm out the side because I was having a rest. I was given a rest. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just, I'd played, I'd been on this tour, I'd been on that tour, I'd been playing red ball cricket, I'd been playing white ball cricket. The 2020s came up in the summer. We had a biosecure bubble. Yeah, you know, Mark Wood's the most unluckiest bloke going for me because he got he got picked in the test team at the start of the summer, played the first test match, rightly so. England should have should have kept this formula going with Wood and Archer. Stuart Brett, Stuart Broad has a hissy fit, goes in public, selectors back down, start picking Broad again, wants to pick Broad again. Wood's then now out of the one day series against the Pakistan and the West Indies because you can't bounce from each bubble. And then when it comes to the back end of the summer, we are all of a sudden he hasn't played enough cricket to get to get established in the side. So we've got to be careful on how we bring the sides together, but also how we utilise these players that are playing. Because if you're a one format player, you are in the way the world is at the moment, COVID world, you are easier to use because right, you just go into that bubble and there you go. If you're cross format player and you play a lot of cricket, then all of a sudden you get a rest every now and again. But you're getting a rest on the selector's choice, not on performance base, your choice. Biasto goes, goes and has a decent IPL. He's only out of it because of the way the structure of Hyderabad. And all of a sudden, he's out of the England team now. So as much as I'm not playing him in this team because of the, way I, what, the, the reasons I've given, but we've got to be careful on how we use our players and how we rest our players and sometimes have the big enough leadership and say, right, well, hold on. Even you are the best player ranked in the world because your numbers state that. You only got in because we rested Johnny Bairstow. So, Johnny, you're in the side. So, Well, Harmy. Crazy. They're both in my side. I go with Roy, Bairstow, Butler, Morgan, Milan, Stokes, Ali at seven, Sam Curran, Tom Curran or Chris Jordan, one of, Rashid, Wood and Archer. Here's one for you then. Go on. They don't play at Cape Town. They don't play Mo and Ali. So, do they then leave Bairstow in? Cop out, 
go with this, go with the top six that you've got. But instead of Mo and Ali at seven, England might just play all seamers and play the two currents and Jordan, as well as Archer and Rashid, and just play the one frontline spinner. What you should have said is, you've just named twelve players there, John. <laughs> yeah, you've just named you've named twelve players, but you, you've still got to leave. You've got you. I do that all the time. I was just carrying out, confusing ourselves. Like, Hang on, how, that sounds like an amazing team. <laughs> right, plenty more insights coming up on the Cricket Collective. This is a preview of the South Africa series T Twenty series which gets underway on Friday. Myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison, who will be uh, one of the main uh, men, part of the Talksport Two commentary team. And you're listening to the Cricket Collective. Here is uh, John Josh Smutson again, and Jason Roy goes the yes. biggest one of all. Yes. Oh, he's bowled him, he's on a hat-trick! Jordan's got straight through, driven oh. down the ground by the clock, straight back over the bowler's head, onto the side screen for six more. Runs away from us, up to the crease now, bowls. Oh, bowled him! He's bowled him! Here comes Tom Curran, last ball of the game, and it's paddle swept, and down towards short fine leg, caught by Adil Rashid, and England have won the game by two runs. Welcome to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. I'm John Norman, alongside me Steve Harmison, and pleased to say TalkSport 2's lead commentator and host for the upcoming series between South Africa and England on TalkSport 2, Mark Butcher, joins me now. Uh, still in quarantine for a day or two, Butch, after uh, heading over to Pakistan for the PSL. Um, well, look, you've had plenty of time on the plane back from Pakistan to try and work out what me and Harmi have failed to do so far, and that is... How would you get 11 players out of what um, Darwin Milan said is the toughest team in world sport to get into uh, ahead of this uh, first T20? Let's, I tell you what, let's start, let's start at the top. That's where you should always start. Where do you sit, because myself and Harmy slightly disagree on this, on the Joss Butler conundrum? Should he be opening or should he be in the middle? Oh, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome back. Be back and on. Um, well, listen, I've been reasonably consistent on this for, for years. Um, and my feeling on it hasn't changed, really. We're talking about sort of trying to win a T20 tournament, right? Tournament play, World Cup, etc., etc. Um, and I think as much as it would be great to have Joss Butler at the top of the order and batting 20 overs every game and scoring 170 or whatever, whatever he'd be capable of doing if he batted for that long. My feeling is is that England have a huge, a, a, a preponderance of players who could all bat um, at, at numbers one and two, right? Because in many ways, in 20 over cricket, it is the easiest time to bat. There's very little pressure. The run rate is what it is. The whole game is mapped out in front of you. You've got as long as you like. Um, and for that reason, I would rather have Joss Butler as a man to insert as and when, when required um, down the order, and I would leave Morgan and Bairstow, uh, sorry, not Morgan and Bairstow, Roy and Bairstow at the top of the order. Johnny's been brilliant um, over over a long period of time. He's also, you know, just been, been very successful in the role um, in the ITL. Uh, and so I don't see any reason to, to move. If you move Johnny Bairstow out of, that, out of the top position, or Jason Roy for that matter, then neither of them perhaps should play. Um, and so in order to in order to get the very best out of everybody that you have in the squad rather than sort of skew it in favour of, uh, of of one guy in uh, in Joss Butler, that's how I would go about it. But Butch, um, do you not think I I agree a little bit with that in this in the way that David Milan then complicates matters because if you go David Milan is the ranked number one batsman in World T twenty, has been for nearly a year now. Yeah. If you have if you have him in that order at number three, then all yeah. of a sudden, if Johnny Bairstow opens a bat and Butler comes down the order, somebody like Owen Morgan, Ben Stokes or Joss Butler potentially might not bat, might even only face four or five balls. If that's, that, that's my, what would be my worry. Um, Milan, to, to, for how well he's played over the course of the last mm. 18 months, for me, he has to keep his place in the side because you ha- if you're leaving people out like that, then... Milan at the moment is, is, has Joe Root's spot in the side, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he you know, does. Because if, if, if Joe's going to play, he, he would bat in the, in the top three as well. Um, but, and, he des- and he deserves to be there. The thing with Darren Milan is, is people can kind of scoff and go, well, you know, not entirely sure that he has the pedigree. Well, I mean, you know, his strike rate's up, up there in the, in the 140s. He scored masses of runs and des- simply deserves his place in the side. 
um, and so he would be there at three. The one, the one thing about having having the, the length then of having Morgan Stokes Butler in sort of padded up in the dugout behind um, those guys at the top three is that there is never any excuse not to have your foot as hard down on the pedal as, as you possibly can. So I, I doubt, that, particularly given the way that Morgan captains the team, I don't think that there's any reason why people would suddenly start selfishly playing for themselves and keeping those guys in the dugout. Did you see what I mean? You know, they, they, they've got, they, they all have a license because of the strength that they have in the, in the 11 to try and go as hard as they possibly can. And, then, um, and, all I, and all I'm trying to do is line up is line up the players who have the, the, the most in terms of their in terms of their sort of mental capability, uh, as well as hitting capability because they've all got that. Um, but who can when the when the pressure starts to go up, which it does beyond the t- tenth over of a, of a run chase or even setting in in these days, is to have the people there that are, that have the technical skill and the mental skill to cope with it when the pressure is at its greatest. As I've said, the pressure is not great. You know, top, top of the order is now nowadays the easiest place in the world to bat. You've got the field up, um, and you can pretty much do whatever you like. And if you fail, it doesn't matter. It starts to matter from numbers four downwards. Um, you know, as we see, uh, Mumbai won the IPL because they were unbelievably strong um, through the part that mattered the most, uh, which is towards the end of an innings, not at the beginning. Yeah, but you've got so John, you've got. Then you've got Moen Ali, who is in the last sort of two years is England's highest well, strike rate of a of a of a yeah yeah but it, <laughs> but that that's what I mean. His bowling might be might not as been as strong, but then you've got you've still got someone like Moen Ali who well let's I tell you what Harmy, let's talk about Ali because I I'd play him at seven, but you made mention of the year to come, Birch, and very much over the next couple of years, the focus in limited overs cricket from an English perspective, well, any international team's perspective, is going to be the two World T20s. Mm. Is Ali, as things stand today, if the World T20 was coming up in a month's time, would you feel confident with Ali being England's second spinner in India? Um, difficult to say. I mean, because there is, I can't think of anybody better. Mm. Um, That's the problem, is, isn't it? Which is the main, which is the main problem. Um, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not massively worried about anybody that doesn't that doesn't bat in the sort of top six or seven. You kind of like if they're they're outside of that and they've got great strike rates, then brilliant. Uh, but it's as a it's as an all rounder that he gets picked. Um, at the moment, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I pick him because I can't think of anybody better to to, to do it. And and he has he has the time and the chance to to sort of rediscover some of his mojo with the ball between now and then. You know, um, but could it not be a criticism of this England setup that we've got this situation where um, it's, an, it's an incredibly strong side to get into, but looking at the options for Owen Morgan, there is no alternative to Moeen Ali in that squad. No, there isn't. Um, and, you know, and England might be thinking in the back of their minds that you know, India, India is not sort of the, the, uh, the country of dust bowls and, and mm, being the... Uh, being the sort of the be-all and end-all anymore, and some of the, the grounds are unbelievably small, so they might think to themselves, "Well, we can, you know, we can get away with only having um, Adil Rashid." You know, pretty much as they ended up doing in the World Cup at home, uh, the 50-over World Cup. If you remember, yeah. England playing at home, all the pitches were were, were flat and, and scores were huge, and England would all play these dinners. But found out when the conditions changed that, that having both of them was a, a luxury that they couldn't afford, and they went for all seam. And if England go to all seam, they have so many options and so many um, you know guys that they could that they could use who who also can hit as well. We're talking about the Curran brothers, um, etc. Uh, Chris Jordan, Farage. You know all of these guys can hit, and so they might think to themselves, well, we can kind of do without the second one, depending on the depending on the conditions. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. I've just had a quick look at the 2016 scorecard, which of course was also held in India, uh, West Indies, and England, and. England did go in with two spinners, the two that we're talking about now. Well, one of them, Moeen Ali and Adil Rashid. Ali didn't actually bowl. No, uh, and it was Root Joe did. Root. Joe Root bowled one over and he took two wickets. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's a point in I itself. Mean, look, I, this is probably a conversation for another, ti- for another time because we're, you know, we're talking about what's coming up in terms, of the, uh, in terms of the South Africa series. But I still think that Joe Root gets in our best 15. Does he get, could he get in ahead of Ali? Possibly, but but again, that but again, if he doesn't bat in the top. What, what I think, what I think, England will miss or will need. Again, we're talking about tournament play. We're not talking about one-off games. When you're talking about uh, trying to win a, a world tournament against the best players in the world, 
away from home, you know, all of those types of things. You need guys who have the the, the brain power and the mental power as well as the as well as the physical power. Now, Joe Root, for me, I think it's completely mad that England are kind of writing off a player of his quality um, for for an international tournament. And I bet you that in the months to come, he's not in this Africa squad at the moment, but I bet you he ends up on the playing game that walks up. Butch, where does your your middle order and your 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 bowlers basically where does where does your five bowlers sit for this this tour? Because I'm of the opinion that you know my relationship with Mark Wood and I think the world of him, but because of the people that's been playing around the world at this minute in time, he probably just misses out in my eleven because of I'm still trying to win tournaments, I'm still trying to win games, I'm still trying to keep this winning run going, and I need bowlers that are actually been bowling quite a bit recently, i.e. the IPL. Again, you know, I've seen, I watch Mark Wood bowl in England, and I think, oh, you know, potentially, particularly in the, in the, we're talking Test matches a little bit now, particularly in the Test where, um, you know, that sort of pace through the year is not the be all and end all in in England. And you watch him as we did bowl in, in South African conditions with a with a Kookaburra ball, and it's a different story altogether. Um, and so I think that that, that Mark will play. Um, will play a, a, quite a significant part for England in these one day as away from home. I think the way that England look at him and, and um, Silverwood looks at him is being an absolute ace in the hole for, for, for away from England. That's yeah. that's what I think. So, you know, again, I think he, if he's not in the 11, he's in the 12 um, when it when it comes down to it. But, you know, Archer, Archer Stokes, Chris Jordan deserve, deserves to be there absolutely 100%. And I've, got, I've actually got Mark Wood in in my side for for uh, for this for this game coming on Friday. Um, ben Stokes is obviously is your, your fourth with Adil Rashid um, in there as well. I mean, the, so you know, the, the, there is potentially, I think Sam Curran then sneaks in as a sort of number seven, number eight, and a left arm option to give yeah. England the, to give Alan Morgan a safety valve because none of the none of the top five batters that are in there at the moment bowl at all so um, you know you've got to have you've got to have a, you've got to have a, an all-round or two all-rounders perhaps in Stokes and, and, and Curran in order to give you the sixth bowling option. Brilliant stuff Butch, um, absolutely fascinating be more than interesting to find out what 11 Owen Morgan does go with on Friday but uh, what strength <laughs> what riches um, right. I, it's this, you know, the thing is, it's so, so difficult. I mean, generally speaking, you, we can all sort of sit here and say that the selectors are mugs and they don't know what they're doing and they, they keep picking the wrong side. But genuinely, you could put out three different ones. Mm. Um, you know, and there are guys and there are guys that we've just spoken about who aren't even in the, in the squad for the T20s that, that, could, that could play. So very, very difficult. And um, I don't think there's a correct answer. Um, we'll just have to see how they go. Uh, Mark Butcher, uh, TalkSport 2's lead commentator and host of uh, the international cricket that we've got uh, coming your way starting Friday, that first T20 at Cape Town. You're listening to Cricket Collective with myself, John Norman and Steve Harmison on uh, TalkSport 2. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. 
To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Victoria's in. Oh, that's a huge hit. <laughs> Massive hit for six Woo-hoo! over deep mid-wicket. Right, Ben Stokes means business. He's in. She around the wicket. Miller swings oh, it to the oh, left oh, side. Six more. Here is Curran again. Balls. Six more. Jordan in. Balls oh, to cock over deep mid-wicket. Six more. Oh. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with myself, John Norman, and Steve Harmison alongside me. The first T20 of three gets underway at 4pm on Friday afternoon. Coverage starting at three. And I'm pleased to say that former South African all-rounder and West Country man now, Alfonso Thomas, joins us. And he's going to be part of our commentary for the T20 leg. Alfonso Welcome to TalkSport, TalkSport 2, first off. But, uh, well, it's a series that we're all looking forward to greatly. Um, We were in South Africa at the start of the year, really keenly fought T20 series. And I suppose um, with the the game that uh, South Africa bring, the fact that they're at home, several of their top players have just had IPO experience. Even though they've had a lack of game time compared to England, um, it should be a pretty hotly contested series. Hi John. Um, yeah, I think it's it's uh, uh, for me personally. I think the odds are massively stacked towards England. I don't think if you look at that South African squad, there's a lot of players there. If you go man for man against England, that you'll be quite scared of, really. You know, um, I do know in terms of the bowling side of things, they could certainly match England, but I just think that you guys have got too much firepower in the batting, really. Um, we saw, I mean, with T20 cricket, we saw quite a closely fought series last time around. Um, I want to play a little bit, bit of audio from Kagiso Rabada, um, who was yeah. just comparing what it was like to play in the IPL compared to playing international cricket. It's definitely a lot more like um, superstardom hype, big media teams that are, so uh, content creator teams that are behind all, uh, all the teams. There's a huge following. You have all this, the biggest stars in the world that go to that tournament. So I guess, yeah, there's going to be that, you know, that superstardom type hype. I'd say, yeah, international cricket is, uh, is more serious, 100%. So I, I, think, I think you might be right. Although we do have fun in international cricket, you know, you, with guys that you know. And, you know, there's jokes that we have, certain jokes that we have in the team, but I definitely think it's much more serious, even though the IPL is quite serious. We come together as a team and we all have one objective. But I think you're right. The IPL has a bit more uh, funness to it without saying that there is no fun in international cricket. Of course there is, but I think it's held at a higher prestige, most definitely. He, he always he certainly says what he means to Kigiso Rabada. And one of the things that I noticed when I was in South Africa is just how honest a lot of the players are with the journalists in a way that you just do not get uh, in England. Um, but is, is what he's saying true? I mean, I'll, I'll ask you both, I suppose, Harmi and uh, Alfonso. Do we get a little bit too serious in and around international cricket? Harmi, you first. It possibly means more because you're you're playing you're representing your country. You're not representing you know, a franchise. You're representing the country of your of your birth, and you know, you're representing your family. You're representing everything that goes with playing for for the for the for the country you were born in. Um, I think that is that should mean more to to anybody than anything else, as opposed to playing for a franchise because. You know, Kagisa Rabada's just said it there. He could be playing. He played for Delhi Capitals this year. He could be playing for Mumbai with the 
Mumbai or, or Chennai if if the if the auction goes a certain way in a in a couple of months' time. So yes, the stardom there's, that goes with it, but for me, there's nothing like playing playing cricket for your country. Alfonso, I mean, you played IPL cricket. What was and you played a lot of uh, franchise cricket around the world. Is it is it just yeah. a little bit more enjoyable? I was going to say, um, in terms of the IPL, um, the teams that I've played in, it certainly becomes fun just when the teams are winning. Because I've come across owners, if the team's not winning, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I will certainly say. And, and um, yeah, I mean, there is probably that factor that it's a lot more fun, you know, but I would, yeah, I would definitely still say that if you play for your country, it's definitely a serious business, but it becomes fun the moment you start winning. Maybe it's one of the reasons it's so serious is because I suppose the line of questioning is it's not just about and what, the way that you described it, Harmy, sums it up absolutely perfectly. But I suppose when you're being questioned and interviewed day in, day out as an international cricketer, it may be and all the journalists are looking for news lines. They're looking for headlines to get in the paper. They've got to work at an angle. I suppose when you're playing uh, T20 cricket, there's no, there is very, there's much less of that. It's just more about the game, the the numbers on the board, playing the game. With international cricket, it's about the soap opera around it. I mean, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe, Afonso, that's one of the reasons that after a few years on the treadmill, international cricketers are quite keen to get off it just to go and play T20 cricket. Absolutely. Well, if you look at South Africa at the moment, the likes of A.B. de Villiers, you know, I also saw Tahir is not in the squad either, which is mind-blowing to me. Dale Stain is not, also not in the squad and he was available for it. And I just think the guys want to just sort of distance themselves from that spotlight, you know, um, and, and uh, God knows why. Um, but I just think it's just a day in, day out those kind of expectations are just becoming a burden for those players. I think as well, Alfonso. I think when you when you go to these these big leagues and these franchise leagues, there's 12, 13, 14 games in a five six week period, as opposed to yeah. there's another game around the corner. There's another again. You're, you're quickly moving between venue. Quick, well, not so much now th- this year, but you're quickly moving from game to game, looking at different opposition. Where in international cricket, it's very much you've only got three 2020s in this in this short block, and there seems to be a yeah. lot more pressure on individuals. The superstar, Gisa Rabada mentioned Dak. I'm going to mention two superstars' names here. And in the superstars' names in domestic, in franchise cricket, they've been completely different to they have been in international cricket. And I just wonder if the pressure of representing your country, even though it's not Jofra's country, but there's a marked difference between Jofra Archer playing for any franchise side as opposed to playing for England, as opposed to Kagisa Rabada playing for South Africa and playing for what we've just seen, the Delhi Capitals. Does the shackles come off a little bit when you do play in these franchise games where you seem to enjoy it more? Yeah, I think so. I, I, there's obviously, in this series now, there's going to be three games of T20 cricket. Whereas you pointed out, there would have been 12, 13, 14 games in the RPL. And, and I just think that there's a massive expectation on these guys because they haven't won any sort of major tournaments. They have to try and get things right very quickly. And I just think that that is just major pressure for these guys to handle. But that that, that comes with the territory. Afonso, of, uh, of all the players, though, when you, you're set, setting down next to Steve Harmison and Gareth Batty and Mark Butcher... Um, yeah. Who are the ones South Africa-wise that you're gonna you're gonna you're just gonna edge forward in your seat a little bit more when they when they come on to bowl or come out to bat? They may it may not be the um, uh, the stellar team of ten years ago or so, but uh, they've still got some yeah, but key they didn't individuals. Want anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't want anything, so they can't be a stellar team. I think at bowling attack of South Africa is going to be quite. It's going to be very exciting to watch coming up against. A very explosive batting lineup with England. Um, you obviously mentioned Rabada, you've got Lungi and Giri, you've got Nokia, who's had a fantastic RPL. I think those three seamers, and if I was England, I would, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I would probably be looking at, at to match those guys. It, it will be Archer, Woods, and Sam Curran for me. Mm. 
Well, there you go. We've Very been... interesting. And the and the batting, because this is arguably the the discipline is going probably going to be come down to the batting because you've mentioned there, Alfonso, the, the seamers. We've got no matter what team England plays, you know, we've got an array of of, of of power player bowlers who can take wickets. Yeah. And we've seen if you get if you get three four wickets in a power player. Your game's done. Your game's over, and oh, I think, definitely. and I think all both sides could potentially do that to the opposition. But we've also got in a man who has just won the IPL in Quentin de Kock at the top of the order, who had a fantastic three games against England in February March time, who could potentially win games on his own. Yeah, no, absolutely. But there's going to be massive pressure on him if you compare that South African team to like a Mumbai Indians team where there's going to be a lot of match winners to help him out. Well, I think in the South African team, there's a, there's going to be a lot more pressure on him to go out and perform. Um, Faf, I would imagine, I don't think they'll open the batting with Quinton. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I just can't see them. Those two guys going up the order, you know, it's going to be a massive risk. But it could pay off as well. You know, it could pay off. But I think it's a major risk to have those two guys up. Well, yeah, uh, see B? By all accounts, uh, if you look at the reports from Boucher, he's had conversation with ABM. Uh, uh, I just can't see it happening yet. Um, he's obviously just come back from the IPL. He would have been away from home. He's just had a new kid as well. Um, so uh, uh, I can't see that changing. I think that they're going to line him up for the T20 World Cup. But then saying that he has to come in and play it because it's just gonna it is just gonna cause such a massive uproar if he just goes straight into that World Cup squad. Well, it does look like England and South Africa have both got uh, big selection dilemmas ahead of them in the next couple of days. We'll find out uh, for sure at about half past three on Friday afternoon when teams and toss. Uh, is announced uh, on the field at Newlands. Uh, Alfonso, um, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to you being part of our commentary on Friday alongside Harmy and Gareth Batty. Um, but um, uh, for now, uh, we will uh, be returning our gaze back to the England side and the questions in and around the squad and talking a little bit about uh, the left arm option afforded by Reese Topley. He played in the last time England made it to, to a World T20. Could he be part of England's plans for 2021? You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Here is uh, John John Smutson again, and Jason Roy goes oh, the yes. biggest one of all. Yes. Runs away from us up to the crease now, bowls. Oh, bowled him! He's bowled him! Here comes Tom Curran, last ball of the game, and it's paddle swept and down towards short fine leg, caught by Adil Rashid, and England have won the game by two runs. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Myself, John Norman, Steve Harmison alongside me with a preview of the three T20 series starting on TalkSport 2 exclusively on Friday afternoon. Harvey, we've discussed a lot about the England uh, 11. What we haven't discussed is uh, the the England 14 and 15. Um, we put aside Billings and, uh, and also uh, Topley at the start of the show. But I want to talk a little bit about Rhys Topley because he was part of the England team the last time England played a World T20 back in 2016. He was actually dispatched um, by the West Indies. It was a bit of a chastening last game for him. I've spoken to his dad about it. Don Topley was a proud as punch to be out there watching his boy. Uh, but it, it possibly came a little bit too early for him in the end. Of course, he's had his injuries in and around that sense, but he's back in the squad. And I just want you to listen to this because a couple of weeks ago when Ed Smith, the uh, national selector, um, announced the squad. Now, you've never been in one of these press conferences with Ed. You know, he makes an art form of essentially answering the question he wants to answer. Um, And he kind of like, he kind of approaches press conferences in the manner I imagine he did as a batsman with, you know, half an hour of, play to go, cloud coming over, wickets to protect at the other end, and he's just got to get through to close. But when he was asked a question about Reese Topley, it all changed. And suddenly, he's batting, he's got 100 behind his, under his belt, his team are 250 ahead, two days play to go, definite win. I, I just want you to hear him talking about Reese Topley. Reese Topley is a very talented and difficult opponent you know one of the things that everyone in selection is very aware of is just 
how awkward he is to face. Um, he's got pace, height, skill, movement, and angle of being a left armer. So there's a lot there in his favour. And you know, he's someone who, when he's able to string, a, uh, when he's able to play a string of games together, and he is in good form. I think very quickly we see what he can bring to a to a white ball team. His form is good. We want to give him some opportunity. We also want to be sensible and we don't want him to get injured again. So we want to work with him to make sure that he's available all the way through. Um, but yes, he, he is playing well and he's someone who I can see making a serious contribution when he's on the field for England. A fully fit uh, Reese Topley against a fully fit Sam Curran. A fully fit Reese Topley batting at 11. A fully fit Sam Curran batting at 8. I can see an argument for Reese Topley. I know as we sit here now, it's difficult to see him getting into that team. But if you're looking for for variety, um, if you're looking for a bowler who's going to take four overs and take wickets, um, in terms of the primary skill, doesn't Topley have a a better case to make than Curran, Sam Curran? No. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple as and that. And that's the cricket collector. Yeah. Um, look, I don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm over the moon that Rhys Topley's got himself in a position to play cricket again. Horrendous injuries, and I'm really pleased for him that he's getting recognition. Again, we look at the 2020 conundrum. The wheel of 2020 has been since it basically since it started that we need a left armour in our side. England did very well and winning the T20. In 2010, Ryan Sidebottom's an exceptional bowler. Uh, he, he was our left-arm seamer, and all of a sudden we think, right, because we had a left-arm seamer when we were successful, and the stats show that having a left-arm seamer gives you a, a decent a decent option, a decent chance, then yes, fine, that's good. Not a problem at all. But when you look at Jofra Archer, Mark Wood, bowling 90-plus mile an hour, we've just talked about South Africa's ridiculous pace attack in Nagidi, Rabada and Nokia. And we've got Chris Jordan, who can bowl at a decent lick, not in that 90 mile an hour plus. And then you've got the two Curran brothers. I don't see how you get Reese Topley into the, to the, into the, into this starting 11. Let me, let me, Reese Topley is, what, how old is he? He's 20, he's 26 years old. He's played 36 first class matches. 56 list ear matches. He's been around for, probably been around for about seven or eight years. The kid's hardly played any, he's hardly played any cricket whatsoever. He, he's, been, he's been around for nine years. 2011, he made his Essex, made his Essex debut. Now, I'm not, I don't want to pour water onto and say it's a wrong selection. It's not the wrong selection. It gives you options. But there's going to have to be a couple of injuries to give me the, the Reese Topley option. And to make the argument of Sam Curran against Reese Topley, I just don't see it whatsoever. This kid has just got 45 off 17 balls. 45 off 17 balls. But do, but do England need that? That isn't what England would ne- will need, is it? And also, you talk about number of games played. Mark Wood is 30, and he's played 50 first-class games. Mm. 80-odd list A games. I mean, and he's had his own injury problems. Uh, and that's the reason why he's played so few cricket, so little cricket. It's the same with top, with Topley. Mark Wood is a World Cup winner. Um, Mark Wood has played in big, big yeah, games. Reese Topley, yeah. Topley came within a game or an over of being a World Cup winner himself in yeah, 2016. That's my argument flawed then. So yeah, I, know what you, I know what you're saying. I just can't, I, I can't see how... Topley has fitted into this into this squad. It it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And to have, do you think it's an Ed Smith algorithm? Thing, oh, then? of course it is. It's a it's a right. We've got an array of riches. We we've struggled to get eleven. It's thirteen down to eleven. We could pick we could pick two out of the left field for fourteen and fifteen. They ain't going to play. But all of a sudden, if they're in the squad, the Galway County cricket do well in the hundred. All of a sudden, they could say, "Well, I, I, he was on. They were on my radar." No, they weren't, Ed. They were never on your radar because you were never. They were never really going to get picked. So, and and it sound, I sound awful saying this about Reese Topley because I actually want the kid to do well and do well and play. But how is he? How is he getting to this point for me? How many how many games has he won for Surrey in in the in the in the T20 Blast? You know, how does he get to the position he's got to over the? 
ahead of some some other players who have actually done you know relatively well in 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 the T20 blast in T20 cricket. For me, it's just yeah you know, trying to be too smart for your own good and picking somebody left field to think well if he does all right in the the blast, well he was in the squad. Well, he was in the squad, but he was never going to get picked. And that, for me, trying to put him in the Sam Curran bracket, this kid's just played for Chennai Super Kings in the IPL, even though Chennai were hopeless. You know, this, to try and compare and try to put them in the same bracket at this moment in time, I think is uh, are miles away, even even in the bowling department because of you know what Sam Curran has done in in when he's when he's performed. This kid is a he's a little gem. He's a little match winner even though I, I struggled to pick him for the longer format of the game. <laughs> so I, I just I just can't see it. I just think it's a it's a we have we have a, an array of riches and we're going to pick somebody out of left field and unfortunately Reese Topley's he's copped it off me for for being guilt by association to Ed Smith and and I feel awful for saying that. But at the end of the day I just don't I didn't see that I don't see that selection. Ollie Stone, I see that selection. The kid's got pace. He's quick. Um, and he's, you know, he's shown in the in, when we've been out here in the games that he's he's bowled in, he's bowled lively. You see the wicket he got when he got Johnny Bairstow. I just, I, I don't see the Topley, I don't see the mileage in in Topley in this squad. Uh, Alfonso Thomas putting, um, saying that he he can't see anything other than an England win, the strength of depth. I mean, we talked about that with Mark Butcher as well. Uh, as we uh, approach the end of the show, Harmy. In terms of the T20 series, uh, what are you expecting? I'm expecting England England to win. A huge, huge onus on De Kock and and Duplessis. I looked at I look at this South African side and I see if De Kock, Bavuma, Vanderdus, and Duplessis, Miller. You had you had Abi De Villiers in there in England. Or it's a different it's a different game for England. England. But I think if if the both bowling lineups turn up in these three match series. And England can knock over De Kock early, then I think England can win this series very, very comfortably. It's going to be interesting and intriguing to see what eleven England pick for that first game. Brilliant stuff. Uh, well, you will be able to find that out uh, exclusively live on Friday afternoon on Talksport Two at half past three in and around. And uh, Steve Harmison will be one of the voices uh, bringing you the action um, throughout uh, the uh, match at Cape Town before uh, uh, attention turns to the second T20 in Paul on Sunday. Uh, Harmy will be part of the coverage for that as well. For now, Harmy, uh, lovely to have you on. I know you're going to be doing breakfast as well with uh, Big Al on Thursday morning. So, uh, so busy times, especially with your new show on Sunday evenings as well on Talk Sport. So, uh, so yeah, busy man, Steve Harmison. We're absolutely delighted he's part of TalkSport 2's cricket coverage and also part of the Cricket Collective, uh, which is what you've been listening to over the last hour. A preview of the T20 series between South Africa and England that gets underway at the end of the week. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today.